You know, often time I just have this longing desire, and I think all of us have in this period of time perhaps, to see the glory of the Lord manifested through this nation, uh, on this nation, upon our government, upon uh, every, uh, every head of every decision maker in our nation that uh, carries any clout. But I, I really feel like what the Lord is saying today is that the hope of glory is in, is in you. And the hope for this nation is in you. And, and, and when the hope of his glory actually comes out to transform the community around you, uh, hope lives. Hope lives in our nation. The glory of the Lord goes to work in the hearts of those within our nation. Uh, and transformation happens. Uh, I had a good friend who shared a message recently that I heard. He said... Um, Sometimes we hope that the, the politics, that, that our government, perhaps we could say that as well, that, that the, the politics will bring transformation to the society around us. And then through the society being transformed, um, then, you know, uh, you know what, what that will do to, to the church then, um, that will lead to the kingdom of God being established. And what my friend shared is that he believes that's actually a backwards model. That it's the kingdom of God manifesting through us, through his church, that we would be a kingdom church that brings transformation to the society around us that then changes the political environment. Because we will elect who we want. We will elect the wishes of the people. At least that's our heart. Is that it's actually the society that would influence our politics. But that can only happen as we be a kingdom nation and a kingdom church. But in order to be a kingdom church, we have to be a kingdom family. I've heard it said, but uh, a friend of mine, he's, he's not here this morning, but he said, uh, he said the answer to this nation is family. And I, I truly believe that today because I was reading Proverbs seventeen seventeen, and it just struck me. It says that a friend loves at all times. And how many of you have friends that you've known your whole life where you just call them once a year and it's like it was yesterday? I mean, it's just fabulous. And, and those are friends that you absolutely love and adore. But are those friends that are necessarily in the middle of a conflict? Are those friends that you turn to in a moment of need? As the scripture goes on to say in Proverbs seventeen seventeen. A friend loves at all times. A brother is born for a time of adversity. Family is born for a time of adversity. And I think we've highlighted it today. We can say where we are as a nation. And, and I think there's, there's some grave concern for the choices that we're making. 
I think we can understand that the, the church certainly has come under a greater level of, of, of persecution. Uh, but this just makes family shine all the brighter. Paul says uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11 to 12, he says, What persecutions I've endured. Wow. He's a, he endured a lot of them. But he says this, out of them, the Lord rescued me from all. <laughs> to remember, shipwrecked, beaten, left for dead, all the things that Paul went through. But yet, the Lord rescued him from each and every one of them. And then permitted him to be able to go and give his life, you know, to bring the gospel to Rome. But then it goes on to say this, all who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's a promise of the word. It says all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Man, I tell you what, I don't know what we're going to walk through as a nation. My hope is in the Lord, but he gave this beautiful gift, and that was family. He, he modeled family for us in order for us to be able to walk in a safe place because family is a safe place. And I want to go through just a few things of why family, family is, is a safe place. It's a safe place because when you have a spiritual breakthrough, it actually benefits your community. I'm going to ask a question. How many of you have prayed for someone else in this church and you've not let them know that you're praying, but you've seen a breakthrough in their life as a result of you praying? Can you put your hand up? Thank you, Jesus. That's so good. Do you know when you enter into a new level of discernment that that becomes available for the community? Do you know that um, when I enter into a new level of discernment, then the authority creases in my life in that gift that the Lord gave us because he gave us the gift of family, but he gave gifts to his family. And those gifts are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're the ascension gifts. We've talked about those, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. All those grace gifts that are given to us to equip us into spiritual maturity. And the reason we even have a speaking team is so that you can see those fivefold giftings being released over this body because I believe that's the purpose of it. Thank God for this community that can come together under that teaching, you know. But each and every one of you ha have a gifting that is for the body. Whether you're functioning in a leadership position or not, whether you're up here on stage in the choir, or we don't have a choir, but our, our worship team or whether, whether you're speaking, you, you have a gift to release to this community because you're, you're part of family. And, and when you're part of family, the, the heart of family calls for the very thing that my brother released up here. And that's a heart of transparency that invites us into deeper intimacy with each other. Because ultimately, the enemy's strategy is to separate you out. I, I wrote this out uh, on my phone because... Sometimes, uh, sometimes I, just, I, I just like to listen to radio 
and it happened to be dialed into 91.1, which was NPR, and I turned it on, and this is the first thing that was said when I got in this, the car this morning, and it was a speaker speaking about some issue or thing that he was walking through in his life. It was a secular show. These are the words that he said, and this is the only words that I heard, and I turned it back off, but I wrote them out. He said, my salvation is to try to get away and forget. Let me just read that again. My salvation is to try to get away and forget. You know, that's the very opposite to the truth. Because our salvation is given to us through Christ Jesus that is not only manifested in, in, in our intimate and deep relationship with this hope of glory that comes into us, but it's also the manifestation of Jesus in each and every one of our lives. You are Jesus to me. We belong to each other, don't we? But you're, you're, you're Jesus to me. You, when, when, when you speak over my life, when you pray over me, when you put your gift of discernment to work, when you put the gifts of the Holy Spirit to work in your life, they are a benefit to me. Because we all know this, and Chris Ballatin said this, that the nature of deception is that you don't know that you're deceived. And it's a really simple definition, but it changed my life when I heard that. Well, if I don't know that I'm deceived, then I need community around me that can help me through that process. There's a brother in this room, and I won't, I won't, uh, I won't uh, mention his name, but he may remember this. But I woke up in the morning, and I felt deeply offended about a year and a half ago. But I couldn't figure out why I was offended, because I couldn't think of anyone that I was offended at. And so I just thought, well, that doesn't make any sense, so I don't accept it. And I felt offense just come off of me like one of those ugly, itchy, wool sweaters. And it just kind of came off of me. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then it was that, that wake up that the enemy can project to us through four environments, I believe. He can project mentally to us. He can project emotionally to us. He can project spiritually to us. And he can project physically to us. And praise God when we catch those ways. Now, now really quick, let me, let me put a point to each thing. Mental. Uh, often we can get images, and that is spiritual warfare. An image that uh, does not belong to our new identity, that doesn't match who we are in Christ Jesus. Uh, we can be walking down the road, and we can have an image pop into our head of doing something inappropriate with somebody else. Uh, we can have an image pop into our head that's completely out of character with the the new creation that Christ Jesus paid for. And when that happens, that's spiritual warfare, and we recognize it as a mental attack, and then what do we do? We send out a missile of truth, or we just hit the power of ignore button. But most of the time, we send out that missile of truth that, that just blows that thought up as we declare who we are in Christ Jesus. And then it happens emotionally, and I realized that, that I woke up with an emotion of offense that was actually never mine. And in fact, emotions play so deeply into feelings, and, and, and we know that we walk by faith. That's the heart of, of the Father, that, that we actually walk in faith and not by those feelings or emotions that are around us. But how many wake up on the wrong side of bed? You're just like, I just woke up on the wrong side of bed. I just feel like things are going to be a little bit darker today. I just feel like God's just a little bit further away. And you feel it. You feel it, just the yucky. You're just like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, whatever, <laughs> fill in the blank. I'm sure you've experienced it because I have, but, you know, that happened about a month ago, and I was like, I don't have to accept waking up on the wrong side of bed. 
You see, he said every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights in whom there's no turning shadow or shadow of turning. And what that actually means is uh, it refers to the Roman sundial, which was in every community and every village. And the sundial, the, the turning shadow or the shadow of turning would be where the sun, the Father of lights, right? But referring to our sun in our solar system, as it shines, then uh, there would be a fraction or a turning shadow that would tell the whole Roman Empire pretty much how they could coordinate and, and what time it was. But there was only one time. And that's when the sun is at its apex, the very top that there's no shadow that's cast on that dial. And so what the Father's saying is, I'm on all the time, always over the top of you. There's never any diminishing light because I am the Father of lights. There is no diminishing in me. I'm always on all the time. Well, what does that mean for us? That means that we can just destroy every thought that doesn't align with that. Everything that says that God's a little bit further away today, that it's a little bit darker today, I don't have to accept that. And the moment that I do, I feel those things lift off because oftentimes spiritual emotions come on us. Whether it's from the Lord or whether it's from the enemy, they come on us. And then we have that choice of whether we accept it or, the way, or whether we say, I'm not owning that. I'm not buying that lie. The moment we begin to buy the lie by saying, why would I? Start examining ourselves. Start thinking and becoming introspective. And so why am I saying all this? Because I want to talk about the power of family the power of connectivity and the power of transparency and vulnerability that God is calling us into in this next season. Deeper intimacy with each other. So after I woke up that morning and I was like, man, I don't choose to be offended in that way. So I walked in and we were having the little gathering next door. It was our, uh, it was our uh, uh, Soul Food Sunday. And we were all over there gathered. And guess what? Okay, so this, this happens. I wake up. I experience this emotion of offense. I realize it wasn't mine. So how many actually know that if, if it doesn't match love, joy, peace, patience, can we go through all of them? We don't actually have to accept it. Because that is the manifestation of God in us. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. So I actually don't have to accept anything that is different from that. So I woke up in the morning, and I just felt empowered. And I realized the, the enemy was emotionally projecting at me. But guess what? Once something's been revealed, it's not just been revealed for me. It's been revealed for the whole community. So I wake up. I walk into the room. And guess what I see? I see a fence on a friend of mine. And so I saw it in line. And I, I walked up. And he may know who that is. I'm not going to look at him. <laughs> right? but, but I'm sure he'd be fine with me sharing this because this we're talking about transparency and vulnerability. But um, I walked up and I said, uh, weird question, but are you feeling offended right now? And he said, yes, I am. And I said, is there any reason that you should feel offended? He said, no, He's, you're not offended him. Ah, I'm just going to pray this prayer and it's going to come off like an ugly, itchy wool sweater. I used to, I think I said Christmas at the time, an ugly, itchy, wool Christmas sweater. And I was like, well, I'm going to take the word Christmas out. That's precious. So anyways, we prayed and immediately came off. And he was free from offense. Well, we know about physical projection. 
We know when we pray for healing, often we guide somebody uh, through the healing process in the follow-up to say, hey, just to let you know, if a pain comes in the very area that you healed, just stand in faith. Because oftentimes the enemy wants you to come back into agreement with something that God has already healed, he's already touched. So we know how physical manifestation can happen. And then there's that spiritual manifestation where you're just pressed into your bread and you feel like there's just, you just, you just can't move. Or you're just so washed over with, with something that you know isn't God, but you're just not sure what to do about it. I had a friend call me. He said, man, I just felt like I was supposed to call you. And I won't, well, I, I, I won't look at him either, right? So, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but he called and he said, man, I've just been really struggling. Uh, I've been struggling like, I, I'm, like I'm, you know, and, and, I, and I knew this brother was walking in freedom, but he was, he was struggling. Uh, in the area of lust. And he said, man, I, I've been struggling in the area of lust. And I said, what time did it happen? He said, oh, it, it was about this hour. And I said, yeah, same thing happened to me. I was feeling exactly the same thing at the moment that you were feeling it as well. Because there was a principality moving over the region that was affecting multiple people at the same time. But guess what? God knew that he needed to call and connect with me, right? So that he knew that we were walking together because brothers are born for times of adversity. Brothers are born to walk alongside each other when we're going through stuff. And I believe that we may be going through more stuff, but all the more reason that in this moment in this nation that we pull together as a community and a family because my victory becomes your victory. Your victory becomes my victory. Do you know your... Your tragedy is my tragedy. When you mourn, the community needs to mourn because the danger of mourning, the danger of mourning, and I wrote this out. Bill Johnson said this, mourning that's wrong takes you to unbelief. Mourning that's right takes you to a place of healing. That's the power of community when we can come around each other Support each other through the hard times. Support each other in these moments like this. Community is a safe place because I can put the gifts of the Holy Spirit to work for your benefit. And you can too. And I know that if I'm walking in deception, if I know that I'm walking in a way that I shouldn't be, that the community and those people that I love, my brothers and sisters can come alongside me and say, hey, hey, I've, I've been sensing this or have you been struggling in this area? I want you to know he's got this. We need a community to call each other into how heaven sees about us, what heaven says about us. The Lord told me one day, he said, if you will always look up, you'll never look down on anyone again. I always want to look up to heaven for you so that I can see heaven's perspective to call out what Jesus sees in you, to call out what heaven's destiny is over your life. And if we all did that, and we got our eyes off our stuff and our junk, oh man, can you imagine the bonding of this community together? You know, I was thinking, we, yes, we need the, the discipleship programs, and yes, we all need to be discipling. I think there's, there's a, a, Pastor Paul, I was, had a conversation with him last week, and he was saying, man, I just, I feel like that, that if people would get a hold of the commission of just spreading the love of Jesus around them in the community, that so much of their, their fruitfulness and their fulfillment will come from that rather than in traditional functions of the church. 
whether I can be part of a worship team or whether I get an opportunity to speak or, or whether I can do this or whether I can do that. But we've all been called to this commission to make disciples. But, but you know, uh, we, we, we can go out with, with our discipling tactics and techniques and we can find those people. But I also think there's this. Community has the power to bring them to us because the way that we love each other opens an opportunity for the world to see something that will attract them in. That we would be known as his disciples by the way that we love each other. That as we love each other, we're known and the community actually draws to us. That people come to us because they see the love of God in us. That, that we would manifest the heart of Jesus. Romans 4.16, for his body is being formed in his image. We've been made in his image, amen? And is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member, can you say every? Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. Can you say all? None left behind. All. And as these gifts operate effectively through the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Whew, isn't that powerful? You just quoted that, so I'm going to read it out of uh, the Passion Translation. Uh, and you did not receive, Romans 8.15, you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Don't you love that? <laughs> you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. Can you say enfolding? Woo! enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join in him in saying the words of tender affection. Abba, Father, beloved Father. Oh, man, Daddy, he loves you. We have a promise in Hosea chapter 3, verse 5. Yeah, get this. I love this. In the last days, they will fear the Lord and his goodness. Boy, it's the goodness of God manifested through us to the world around us. It's when they can see him. It's when they can see the, the light through us that shifts and transforms the society around us. How much did the early church get involved with Roman politics? Just a question. The Roman government, they couldn't. How many times did Paul exercise his right as a Roman citizen? Really? To fulfill the will of God. And that's because he knew he had to take the message to Rome. We can look at how our civil society is restricting us. We, we, we can look around us at, at, at the things that are being taken away. And man, my heart grieves. Our nation was founded on the principles of the Word of God. The very forming of our government, the executive, the judicial, the legislature, was formed on the scripture. You know what that scripture is? He's a consuming fire. How do we dwell with a consuming fire? <laughs> with righteousness. With, and then it goes on to say, he is our what? He is our, he is our king. He is our lawgiver, and he is our judge. And it was from that scripture that we formed the three parts of our government. 
the word is so deeply ingrained in this nation. I read something that said uh, 94% of, of, of the conversation of our early forefathers was either them personally quoting the word of God or they were quoting somebody <laughs> quoting the word of God. I want to read something from Benjamin Franklin. This is what he said. This is from a government website. So I want you to know I, I pulled it off of, off of a government website. Um, so just want to quote my source. Benjamin Franklin said this. This was his last ad address. The convention was deadlocked, and at 81 years old, as the governor of Pennsylvania and the most honored member of the Constitutional Convention, under deadlock over several key issues of state and federal rights, Franklin rose and reminded them of the Continental Congress in 1776. This is what he said. In the days of our contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayer in this room for divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard and they were graciously answered. All of us were engaged in the struggle, must have observed frequent instances of superintending providence in our favor. To that kind providence, we owe this happy opportunity to establish our nation. Have we not forgotten that powerful friend? Do we imagine that we no longer need his assistance? I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth that God governs in the affairs of men, and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it is probable that a new nation cannot rise without his aid. We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build this house, the labors labor in vain. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberation be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to any business. I want to read out of George Washington's journal. Again, from a government website. O eternal and everlasting God, this is George Washington, direct my thoughts, words, and work, wash away my sins in the uh, immaculate blood of the Lamb, and purge my heart by the Holy Spirit. Daily frame me more and more in the likeness of your Son, Jesus, Christ, that living in thy fear and dying in thy favor, I may in the appointed time obtain the resurrection of the justified unto eternal life. Blessed, O Lord, the whole race of mankind, and let the world be filled with the knowledge of you and your Son, Jesus Christ. You know, those are, those are powerful things to hear. Thank you, Jesus. So many things I could say right now. There was a ruling in, in the 60s that, that took prayer out of our schools. And it was considered to be a dangerous thing, the word of God, if students were to meditate on such a thing. 
And that was from the Supreme Court ruling that if they began to meditate on it, it could be a dangerous thing. So I want to read a poem from a girl in Oklahoma. And this was her, this is her school prayer. Now I sit me down in school where praying is against the rule for this great nation under God finds mention of him very odd. If scripture now the class recite, it violates the Bill of Rights. And any time my head I bow becomes a federal matter now. Our hair can be purple, orange, or green. That's no offense. It's a freedom scene. The law is specific. The law is precise. Only prayers spoken out loud are a serious vice. For paying in a public hall might offend someone with no faith at all. In silence alone we must meditate. God's name is prohibited by the state. We're allowed to cuss and dress like freaks and pierce our noses, tongues, and cheeks. They've outlawed guns, but first the Bible. To quote the good book makes me liable. We can even elect a pregnant senior queen and the unwed daddy our senior king. It's inappropriate to teach right from wrong. We're taught that such judgments do not belong. We can get our condoms and birth controls. We can study witchcraft, vampires, and even totem poles. But the Ten Commandments are not allowed. No word of God must reach this crowd. It is scary here, I must confess, when chaos reigns, this school's a mess. So, Lord, this silent plea I make, should I be shot, my soul please take. That was written in 2002, before all the school shootings. Fifty-two of the 55 signers of the Declaration of Independence were orthodox, deeply committed Christians. The term separation of church and state is not in our Constitution. It's actually a teaching that's come around in the last 50 years. There was, a, there was a year that both houses took to study this very thing, to study what, the, what our founding fathers meant. And the heart was that there would be no denomination that would rule over the nation, but there would be freedom. But what they said is basically, we can't do this without God. <laughs> And if we try, we're in trouble. From 1853 March until March 27, 1854. Can you imagine both, 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 both of them committed fully to studying the very thing? Because humanism and Darwinism began to rise in America in the 19th century. And there were certain people in the houses that were challenging the idea that America was a Christian nation. And this was their conclusion after one year. The First Amendment religion clause speaks against an establishment of religion. What is meant by that expression, question mark, the founding fathers intended by this amendment to prohibit an establishment of religion, such as the Church of England, 
presented or anything like it. The, the, Rome, you know, the Roman Catholic or, or, or the papal uh, rulings that had happened in Europe. He said, but they are an irreligious people. They did not intend to spread all over the public authorities and the whole public action of the nation. The dead and revolting spectacle of atheistic apathy. You know, it was affirmed, the idea that our nation's principles were founded on, on the word of God. And it was really only been in the last 50 to 60 years that there's been attack in that area. And we've seen what that has opened up across our nation. Some of the things that were passed in the 60s. But I tell you, there's a move of God that's coming through family. And that move transformed the Roman Empire to where it was established as a Christian nation. Because all of Jerusalem heard of the way. And then it spread. And then it spread. As family units, as family came together, as they began to, to care for the sick and care for the poor. In fact, it was the way that the, the Christians died in the Colosseums that the Roman orders picked up on, which really got before uh, uh, Roman citizens to, to actually see the way the Christians died with their faces radiant, full of joy, willing to give their life because they loved God more than their life. That was the mantle they had received. Not to, I'm willing to be persecuted, but I receive his love. And when we receive his love, we can be transformed and we're willing to do anything, anything for God in our community, and then watch as the transformation happens. You know, as Christy comes together and as she's put these different functions on and we've been involved, uh, you know, praying over uh, our, 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 uh, the Missouri Senate, we've been involved in that. We, our, our heart is to see racial injustice end. It absolutely is. And, and as we come together as a, a community and we pray, I don't know that there's anything better that we can do. If you struggle with the idea of a march or a wall, Look at Jericho. There's a big wall came down then. It's in the word. But God has called us to mobilize as a family, number one. And that family is so intricately connected, so intricately connected together that every time the enemy comes, all he sees is heard. I grew up in Africa. I grew up watching when elephants tried to mess around, sorry, lions tried to mess around with elephants, or they tried to mess around with Cape Buffalo. You should just see the way these elephants look at the lions. Really? Because they've been established. They are the heavyweights. And that's what we are as Christians. We've been established in this nation as the hope for this nation. Is the hope of glory in you manifested through family, through the environment around you. Let's let the kingdom of God transform our church. And then through us being a kingdom church and a kingdom family, watch as society is transformed around us. And then watch as the political environment just naturally changes. Amen? That's the answer for our nation is family. Family is a safe place. Can we just say that together? Family is safe. I hope today that I've helped you 
or at least that the Holy Spirit has given you some keys to why we need to remain connected. I pray that this is such a family that we can confess our sins one to another. We can pray the prayer of faith so that healing may happen in our community. I know I'm going a little long today. That's my heart that we can be so connected and transparent because on this journey, no one's safe. God's actually called us to get into ship shape, and I think Jason can attest to this, but God told me that the ship's left the harbor and no one's safe. And what, what does that mean when I've just talked about safety and family? It means every one of us needs to make sure that we stay connected. We need to stay together. We need to lean and pull on our brothers and sisters around us so that the life of Jesus can just manifest in this community where this nation, where this city can see the light that is on this house. The glory of the Lord is on this house. The glory of the Lord is on this house. He is manifesting in this community. The glory of the Lord, the fire of God is here. But it's going to take us humbling ourselves and walking in humility to deliver the word that the Lord has rather than how we emotionally feel or whether our button got pushed or whatever else is happening politically or socially in our nation right now. Are we demonstrating the love of God as a community and a family? All of us. God wants to move through us in power. There was an incredible message that came last week from Nate. You released the message of carrying the glory of the Lord. But can I just say this? It's only through yielded obedience, as, as Nate pointed out. It's only as we allow the Holy Spirit to move through us that transformation can happen in the community around us. What does it look like to all of us to be fully alive? You know, Monday night I went to DSSM. Just, a, just another minute, and we'll finish here. I went to DSSM, and uh, Teresa and the team, uh, Dan, had asked me to speak on the baptism of love. And that's a favorite subject for me, talking, because I've just encountered the love of God. And uh, I went with all my little things, right? I went with these little truths that God had been showing me about this and that and this and that and this. And that's what I ended up speaking on. Then at the end, I tried to pull it all together and put it under the title of baptism of love. And as I called everyone forward, and they were all in the prayer line, I walked down the prayer line three times with it seems like no one actually encountering the presence of God. One person shared with me that they were feeling the fire of God. But I knew going into that what God wanted to do. I could see people laid out under the glory of the Lord. And I left that night, and I actually uh, sent a text to Kevin and Teresa and, and Dan apologizing. Because I left that light. I said, Lord, why weren't more people touched? He said, you, you didn't honor the leadership. You didn't honor them. They asked you to speak on the baptism of love, and you didn't. <laughs> and I knew, I knew at that moment that I needed to ask forgiveness, that I needed to repent to the team, because I want to walk in obedience because I love you. And the invitation for all of us this morning is, is to surrender and to yield to the Holy Spirit that he would walk with us, that we would walk in humility as a family, we would walk in vulnerability and transparency as a family, that we would be open about our stuff and our problems, that we would not isolate ourselves, that that would not be our salvation. 
But our salvation comes through Jesus, lived out, breathed out, walked out in the skin of family. That is the safe place. Now and with whatever the next years roll out for our nation. I hope in no way you've thought that I've tried to have been political in any regard. That is not my heart this morning. My heart is just to say this. I love you. I love this nation. But we're the answer. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We're the answer for this nation. Let's just stand together. Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We're supposed to do communion this week, but we're going to put that to later in the month. Holy Spirit. I thank you for just a, the glory of the Lord that is just manifesting in this place. We just thank you for your Shekinah glory just moving in our hearts. Do you know when the fire of God manifested in the Old Testament, it always released an encounter with the attributes of who God actually was. The tabernacle, when the fire came down and everyone saw the fire come down, it said that they were filled with joy. When Solomon prayed that beautiful prayer dedicating the temple, it said they went to their knees and with their faces on the ground, they said, the Lord is good. His love endures forever. That was the reaction to the fire of God. Joy, love, goodness. He's a good father. And this morning, he's just inviting you just to say the, this simple word, and that's just yes to whatever he has for you in the transformation of this community. And I think one other yes. And if you're guest with us this morning, uh, I, I leave that to you and the Lord, but if you're part of this community, have been part of it, the other yes is yes to family. Yes to vulnerability and transparency before the Father and before each other. I was beaten up by the enemy recently I was in Zimbabwe, and we were invited into this to speak in what, what, what looked like a cult gathering. And in the middle of this cult gathering that was in the road, I was, they had had a vision three days before. They had been fasting for three days, and they had had a vision of us coming. And so the leader of this, this, this cult-like group basically stood up and he said, this is part of the prophecy, this is part of the vision. I permit you to say whatever you would want to say and do whatever you want to do. And this was over a community of people that are all dressed in white robes in the middle of the road. The Lord set that up, and even the leaders had the same color shirt that I had on. I mean, God just set up every single step of it for us to be able to release the truth of God. But I went home that night, and I believed that I'd compromised the group because another word was shared about milk mixing with milk from one of their, their, their tribal leaders. And when I, when I went home, I was like, oh, God, what did I do? Did I endanger the group? Did I compromise the group? Did I come into agreement with the enemy? Oh, God, what did I do? What did I do, God? What did I do? I was in my room isolating myself when my whole team was right outside the door fellowshipping, having fun. And I was in there the whole night beating myself up and I actually believed that I'd come into agreement with the enemy where now there was something on us rather than the Holy Spirit on them. I woke up in the morning, I was just beaten up, barely slept. I, I, I can't even use the term woke. 
because I think I was already awake. And I walked out to a friend and I said, man, do you, do you, do you, do you feel this happen? He said, are you kidding? God ordained every one of those steps for us to bring the gospel to that community. And I went to another friend, you might know him, Jeremy Russell. And this is why we need friends. Nate, you've been such a close friend of mine, and I can say that about so many people in this room. Jared, I love you. I mean, I can go down the list. I could take 10 minutes and go through every name in this room. I came out, I said, oh, man, Jeremy, did I compromise? Did I come into agreement with the enemy? And this is why we need friends, and they're here for such a time as this. This is why you have family. You know what he said to me? He said, Phil, I hate to burst your bubble, but you're not that big. <laughs> oh, I was so excited to have my bubble burst because it takes family to, to burst bubbles. It takes intimacy and relationship. It takes time. It takes willingness. It takes transparency for you to be happy about a bubble being burst. And he told me, man, God was at work. And immediately the Lord shifted it. He said, no, Phil, you didn't come into agreement with the enemy. The Lord said, you came in, they came into agreement with the most dangerous spirit in the universe. The Holy Spirit. I released the Holy Spirit on that, that, that whole camp. He's the most dangerous spirit to every single work of darkness that exists in this nation at this moment in this time that we can spend all our time and we can lose our joy on, that we can get angry about, that we can come out of grace over. Every single thing that takes you out of the joy of the Lord and your focus on God, give it back to God. Give it back to Him. Give it back to Him. Give it back to Him. I don't even care if it's end times views. If your end time view is demotivating you, give it back to God. If you're upset and struggling with what's happening to the nation right now, listen, I know where our heart can be, but give it to the Lord. I don't know about you, but, I'm, but whoever comes into office in January with everything happening right now, and everything being said, I will bless that person. I will pray for that person. And I know God can work on their hearts. My dad said a powerful statement. He said, and I just want to reflect on this again, and I don't know how this, this, this hits you, but it hits me. He said, if the left wins, we lose. If the right wins, we lose. If the kingdom of God wins, we win. We've been hoping for conservative awakening, but I will take a spiritual awakening. I want a spiritual awakening in this nation. That's what I want. That's what I want is the kingdom family that's right here in this room to see a transformation in our community by the way we love each other and by the way we love our community around us. You know, the, we, the, the, the reason we're not having a meeting on Wednesdays it's because we felt just a shift of God's grace on that. And, and you had shared on Wednesday. I went back to the Lord and I said, God, are we, because we only have one service right now. I said, God, are we supposed to restart Wednesdays? Because in my head it said, it just makes sense for a church to have at least two services. 
You know what the Lord said? He said, protect your time for your family and for the harvest. We need to protect our time for each other, for our family, so we can grow with our immediate family, yes, but each other as well. And he said, protect time for the harvest, that we would be investing our time into those that don't know the Lord, that those have no hope, have never heard the gospel message lived out through us, that we become the message. It didn't say, I love what Todd Weiss says. He it says, they're not called the do attitudes. They're called the be attitudes. <laughs> thank you, Father. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We bless our children's workers <laughs> as we've gone over this morning. Lord, I just thank you for each and every heart this morning that we would just go away with the fire of God on us. An encounter with the living God, with your Shekinah glory just radiating and resting on us wherever we go, that we would be the light for this nation. Oh, God, that the hope of glory would come out of us and the world would have hope. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you for your grace and staying along today. Please bless every children's worker you see. We're so excited about what's happening in our children's ministry. Transformation, we're seeing kids picked up from the community. Uh, the awesome opportunities there if you've not got connected with the children's ministry. Love you guys. Say hi to each other. Bless each other. Amen.